When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts. It's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Here's what's cooking on the day's Sports Stove Local Hour. We review and preview EKU football. We'll also talk about the upcoming matchup between Kentucky and Florida. We're interviewing EKU linebacker Matthew Jackson and... Also, Nathan McCreary, the co-host of the AQ7 podcast. That and so much more. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast Local Hour. Welcome in to a new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast Local Hour presented by IPM Pest and Termite, Central Kentucky's neighborhood pest professionals. If you have ants, spiders, centipedes, mice, moles, or any other pests in your house, make sure you get a hold of the fine folks at IPM Pest and Termite. You can find more information about all the services offered on myipm.com. That's myipm.com. And uh, make sure you let them know when you talk to them that you heard about them on the Sports Stove Local Hour. IPM Pest and Termites, Central Kentucky's Neighborhood Pest Professionals. Welcome into a new edition. We are uh, coming off an exciting weekend of EKU football down in Richmond, Kentucky. Uh, coming off a big win uh, against uh, future A-Sun opponents. But this year, of course, OVC, Austin Pete. And uh, after the game, Coach Wells came out and said the players responded very well throughout the week uh, of practices following the stinging loss to Indiana State. That one came down to the very, very end. And uh, so, nonetheless, uh, the players responded well in practice. Uh, Coach Wells said they they, uh, they were ready to go, ready for this next game. They moved on to Austin P and got to work. And uh, they they came out. They they were very successful this week against Austin P. We'll get to all of that here in just a moment. I also asked Coach Wells about all the recruits on campus this week because I'm telling you there was not a better game uh, on the EK, EKU side of things for a recruit to come and experience what EKU football is. The way the players played, the atmosphere that was there, 
uh, the way the game went, everything was great. So several recruits, we've actually talked with a couple of them and uh, may have some of them on the show here in the near future. Today and in just a few moments, we're going to uh, have a conversation with EKU linebacker Matthew Jackson. And then we also brought in a, a guest from the AQ7 podcast, the co-host Nathan McCreary, and uh, chatted with him for a while, talking about the conference as a whole and uh, what's ahead for EKU football and even a little a couple thoughts on the Tarleton game this week as well. So we'll get to all that in just a moment. First, let's talk about this Austin P game. Final score, 35-27. EKU actually played better than that score. I mean, I think that they they could have won by two touchdowns. They got a late touchdown, did Austin P. But uh, nonetheless, as a whole, this is I think this is probably the best game EKU has played all year. Um, they came out and uh, were aggressive from the get go at the kickoff. Um, uh, two deflected, deflected passes right off the bat. Davion Ross and Joe Sales both got passes deflected on first and second down. Then uh, they ended up pushing back the screen pass for a negative two yards on third down, which brought up a three and out EKU defense held. But then special teams, oh, special teams. A muffed punt gave Austin P the ball. Uh, at just past midfield, and uh, you could just tell immediately it was like, oh, my goodness, what what is going to happen here? Coach Wells has talked about the importance of special teams and how they have hurt this team so far this season, and I uh, started to wonder exactly what was going to happen. They actually held Austin P to a field goal after that. The defense played really well. There was a pass interference call on John Blunt uh, that was a little questionable, but he ended up coming back and deflecting a pass, which held him to the field goal. So Austin P took the lead, 3 nothing. Then after that, the offense came out. They got a quick first down on a DeJune Hewitt run. They tried a trick play with Cord Sandberg. He played a lot in the first half, didn't play at all in the second half. Uh, but it was a, a pitch out to the left and uh, where he had the option to run if he wanted to. But the play was called to be a pass. Cord threw it down just off the fingertips of the receiver, Johnson. That would have been a huge play, and I think the, the I think it was a catchable pass, honestly. But nonetheless, it did not work out. They ended up settling, having to punt. The defense holds out three and out, and that's when the offense finally started clicking. Uh, they started at their own forty-five and uh, marched on down to a sixteen-yard touchdown uh, pass to Mitchell. That was with three oh three to go in the first quarter. Then Austin P drove down, got a touchdown. Then a field goal after that, and then uh, that's where the Davion Ross pick six came in towards the end of the first half. And uh, what a play by Davion Ross. And it was, it was two weeks in a row, almost identical spots on the field. And Ross made the interception and returned it for a touchdown. That was a big boost going into halftime uh, there and, and, uh, and a great way to go in. So down three at the half was EKU, and then they came out in the second half and uh, right away, three and out. <laughs> That's been a big problem for EKU so far this season, those three and outs. But uh, the defense held to another field goal. Then the offense finally went on a run. Uh, it started off with the Parker McKinney touchdown uh, a run, the one-yard run. Then it went from there to after an interception by Harrison, a touchdown pass to Smith. And then it was the eight-yard touchdown to Hewitt with about 2.30 to go in the third quarter. Then 
uh, excuse me, 12-34 to go in the game at that point. Then it was three straight three and outs. Basically, they got the lead. They were up 35-20. They were trying to run down the clock, and I asked Coach Wills about this. Hey, you closed out the game with uh, three straight four three and outs, and he said, oh, yeah, you know, just a situation. Well, no. Uh, there was still a lot of time left on the clock, and three and outs not good. And if you want to run the clock, you have to get more than three downs. And they struggled there at the end, but I say that to come back to this. This was, like I said, I think the best game they've played so far. The defense was good. They had three sacks, three interceptions. Um, we came down to the point where, uh, um, you know, they were given a lot of space to the receivers, so a lot of catches were happening underneath. Of course, Davion Ross jumped one. Uh, he said it was a, apparently a miscommunication between the quarterback and the receiver, and Ross saw the pass coming, was able to pick it off. Um, so the defense overall, even though they gave up 27 points, I thought the defense played really well. Um, we saw Udon was in the backfield, by the way, several times, played really well. Jackson played well. Bailey, of course, played well also. Sales, a lot of guys on this defense made plays. Quentin Floyd, Roland Walder, uh, Udom, Jackson, Bailey, Hairston, Sales and Ross are guys that I wrote down as guys making big plays at some point in the game. And that's most of your starters. So great job there. The defense was on the field for 91 plays. That's a lot, a lot of time on the field for the defense. They played really well at the end of the day. 35 to 27 is the final EKU wins. Uh, one really, uh, well, I guess two special teams mistakes. You had the muff punt in the first quarter. And then late in the game, the kickoff return that set up uh, Austin P with position to get that uh, that touchdown to make it 35-27. But overall, a well-played game. Coach Wells said he was very pleased with how the game ended up and everything that went on there. And so uh, good job. Uh, it was a great game to be at, a fun game to be at. The atmosphere was wonderful as well. Again, a huge shout-out to EKU. They do such a wonderful job of taking care of us in the media and and uh, just making the experience well and easy to work with. And, and so, uh, again, thank you to you all as well. We're going to talk about EKU and Tarleton in just a minute. But before we do that, I'd like you to hear from our guest of the week, Matthew Jackson. Uh, and it's time for a guest, and that's presented by La Terrain Watches and Accessories. If you go to law-terrain.com, and then at checkout, use the code Sports Stove. You're going to get 10% off your purchase. That's law-terrain.com. And uh, wonderful watches, stylish, uh, just great-looking watches. They have other things as well. Uh, that's their bread and butter, though, nonetheless. All right, time for a guest. We are joined now by EKU redshirt junior linebacker Matthew Jackson. Uh, Matthew, thanks for being with us. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, so let's get started right off with the win on Saturday. Uh, big win, great game by the defense. Um, but uh, talk just a little bit about the – I mean, you came off a pretty tough week with the Indiana State game. So talk about the game Saturday and the feelings and the emotions behind the win. Uh, well, our coach, he just preaches us to just snap and clear. So just take that game that we had a tough loss on and just focus on that for that 24 hours and then let's – prep for Austin Peay. So we all just took that to the chin and said, let's come out. We got a they ranked opponent, so we got to come out there. I know they're going to bring a lot of energy. They got a young coaching staff, got a lot of young players and stuff like that. So uh, he just harped on us to just be mentally prepared, mentally, physically uh, prepared for their tempo. And um, 
just go out there and play EKU defense and EKU football. So it's not easy to just to, I mean, that's a great approach, but it's not easy to do. Um, It's something you've got to learn. You can't learn it overnight. So it's something Mm -hmm. that's got to be ingrained into you uh, over time. Uh, Did that start with coach Wells or did that even go back to the previous staff or even to high school when the coaches would teach? Here's how you move on. Oh yeah. That's been since uh, high school because every, I mean, I'm not perfect. Well, it's a lot of uh, perfect people that's out there that has perfect records, but I know I've lost games. So that's been like that since high school. And uh, my high school coach, he's been like, all right, as tough loss, get all the, get all the tough losses out of you. And then let's go out there and play a new game. And that's what we just, we just preach. Like it's a new day. It's a new, it's a new time. It's a new feeling. And let's just go out there and give it all. Yeah. Coach said that you guys really responded well, uh, in practice this week and, and came out with the right energy and, and everything like that, which is exciting to hear. Cause I mean, it was, let's be honest, it was a devastating loss last second, uh, no time on the clock, uh, coming off a special teams mistake. And it's just kind of, that was a rough way, rough way to go. But in this game against Austin P, I mean, you gave up defense, gave up 20 points in the first, uh, like 35 minutes of the game, but it wasn't. It wasn't like you guys were getting run over. Um, yeah, the true. defense played well all game, but then that second half, it seemed like you guys really stepped up. Uh, talk about what you're seeing from this team, especially this year, maybe even compared to last year with another year under Coach Wells and another year in your system. What what are you seeing out of this team? Because I think the defense is is one of the better in the conference. Yeah. Uh, we're just all passionate just to mm. get. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to Remember, nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember, together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer everything like we're all passionate to get tackles we're all passionate to get that next interception that that first first fumble that 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 anything so our coach has always harps on us to like who's going to be that guy who's going to be that one to spark that that big play and it all takes it takes everybody on the defense so if everybody's doing a one accord then everybody's getting going to get to make that play and we all we all look at each other and be like i got i got your back and he got my back, so we, we all go out there and just trust each other and play, play balls to the loss. Uh, you guys in this game against Austin P, there were big plays. Of course, Davion Ross gets another pick six. Joe Sales going all over the place. Harrison gets a pick. Bailey's been tackling. You've been tackling. Udom's been in the backfield all the time. Walter Floyd. I mean, it just it's it's almost everybody. Very and this stacked, game, yeah. you guys were on the field for ninety one snaps on Saturday. Um, now the coach was rotating guys in and there was a lot of guys getting time. What's it like in a game where you're on the field that often? Well, uh, compared to last season, I was on the field pretty much a long time too. So, uh, and we try to get those reps in practice. So everybody knows how that, how all those reps kind of feel throughout a game. So, um, I think our coach, he says like it's 120 in a week. And we try to get all of those 120 in the times that we have on scout team and stuff like that. So just basically training our bodies and training our minds to be prepared to go through all of, all of those and 
actually and plus special teams. So because a lot of us play special teams, so it's uh, ninety on ninety one on defense, and then you probably got a good thirty or forty on special teams. So um, just always having that mental capacity to with withstand everything and be smart and know your key and know what you got to do. Uh, last year, you you had a, a phenomenal year, leading team in tackles and and everything like that. You're second in the team in tackles right now. Preseason, you were named second team stats perform FCS All American. Preseason All A Sun Conference team as well. You started more consecutive games uh, currently on the team outside of Joe Sales here at EKU uh, as well. So you're getting lots of lots of run, uh, and you're you've definitely produced along the way as well. Now you're heading into the conference conference games, right? You got Tarleton uh, this week, and uh, and from there on out, it's pretty much all conference games. So what's the confidence level at right now for this team? Because preseason, y'all were voted uh, picked to finish fifth in yeah. the A-side by the so-called professionals. So uh, what's your confidence level at right now? Our confidence level is very, very, very strong. We we feel like we could have won some games that we lost and with that Indiana State and also uh, with Louisville. But we've always never really had that, oh, we are a terrible team. We always look to challenge each other, challenge our offense to uh, get stuff clicking and challenge our defense to just keep stuff up and hold our offense even if they put us in some uh, – some troubles, but um, I feel like we we are we're a very strong, confident team going into the conference, and we seem like teams are just always neck and neck every week. So we always like it. Only takes one play. It only takes that one that one drive, that one touchdown, or one tackle to change a, a touchdown to a field goal and stuff like that. So we just preach one play at a time. I came out of that Louisville game thinking that your guys' defense was phenomenal. I mean, it was you lost the game, it was 30-3, to three, but it was closer than that, than what the scoreboard said, and a lot of that's because of what you guys were able to do. Does playing a team like Louisville and doing well against them, especially on the defensive side, does that build confidence, or is it just another game? Uh, I, be, I believe it's a little both, because um, playing an FBS team, you always get those people that kind of shy away from the FCF team pulling that upset or, or stuff like that. So when we kind of played them, we had to like block that negative connotation that we'll lose and negative backlash that EKU doesn't have the, the chance of getting the upset and just go out there and play, play football. So um, once we went against them, it was just like, okay, well, they're, they they bleed the same player we blew, so uh, it's, it, we can go out there and, and, and play. So it's all uh, about that confidence. Last thought for you. Got two more questions. Same kind of similar thought. Why should recruits consider EKU? The guy. I mean, you guys had a lot of recruits there this week, which is a great week to have recruits on campus. Um, but why should a high school guy, player that's looking in, or even a transfer or something like that? Why is EKU a great place to come play football? Well, one. Um, the culture, like we always bring energy uh, as far as like a football team. Like mm-hmm. um, if they want to come play football, that that would be the number one thing. The culture that we bring, the pride, purpose, and um, passion, the, our core values, and then just that, just how we just play football we should just bring everybody to be like, yeah, I want to be a colonel because – the way we bring it on defense and then the way things started clicking uh, on Saturday for the offense is just like, okay, now, now that's a team that, okay, we got to, we got to look out for Now that's a team that, Oh, I would want to play for because 
how we bring each other, how we love and serve each other and stuff like that. So if if I was a like when I was a freshman, I mean, a senior looking to go to Eastern Kentucky because I've been here for all my years. That's why I was looking at I was looking at, OK, how do they treat each other? How do they respond when things go negative and respond when things get challenging? And I just love that since day one. I kind of want to piggyback off that, then get a little bit more specific linebackers. What is it about playing linebacker at EKU? If you got a, a, a high school kid that's looking, EKU's offered them, they're a linebacker. They're trying to choose which school to go to. What makes the linebacker crew and coaching staff special at EKU? Um, I'll say the the special thing about it is the coaches. They put us in a, a great, phenomenal place to make plays, and they keep it short, sweet, and simple to where we can just go play our game and show how talented we are as players. And so with uh, Coach Day and um, Coach Johnson, the defense coordinator is the middle linebackers, and then Coach Day is the outside linebackers coach. Uh, they kind of work together because I had uh, Coach Johnson last year, and mm-hmm. Coach Day had the middle linebackers. They they switched. So just having that those experience from different coaches and understanding that um, if you do what they tell you to do, you'll be in that right place to learn football and then building that relationship uh, outside of football for us to grow as men is, is just been phenomenal. So as linebackers, we just was like that experience, like us actually learning the game was, was, was everything. Wonderful. We got Matthew Jackson again, Richard junior EKU linebacker. We sure appreciate you taking some time to talk with us today. Again, the defense has been phenomenal. It's great to see the offense start to get clicking this week and, and uh, looking forward to what's ahead for EKU this season. Thanks so much for being with us. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Matthew. We sure appreciated him taking the time to come and, and chat with us. He's been playing phenomenal this year, played great last year as well, and uh, definitely a key component on this EKU defense. Coming up this week at Roy Kids Stadium, 3 o'clock kickoff, it is Tarleton. The Texans come into town to play Eastern Kentucky. And uh, we're going to hear more about Tarleton in just a few minutes from Nathan McCreary. But their offense has been clicking, needless to say. Uh, their stats-wise stats, stats wise looking good. They lost 20-10 to 10 in their season opener against SF Austin. Then they blew out uh, Fort Lewis, 54-7. to 7. They blew out New Mexico Highlands, 40-21. to 21. And then they got beat by five points against Southern Utah. So they're 2-2 two and two coming into this game. Looking at the players that they have, their quarterback is Stephen Duncan. He's a junior out of Charleston, South Carolina. He's got 890 yards, six touchdowns, and five interceptions. And if you're a guy like Davion Ross, you're probably licking your lips at the opportunity to get number six on uh, Duncan here this week. But he has a lot of yards and a few touchdowns to go with it as well. And uh, so far in uh, 2021, he's a 68% passer. And uh, so that's something to watch out for. But when it comes to this Tarleton team, you got to watch out for the run game. They've got three players already over 100 yards on the season. The most efficient runner is Daniel Wright. He is a junior out of Fairfield, California. He has 329 yards and two touchdowns on 50 carries. So that's an average of over six and a half yards per carry. Then they've got another guy who carries the ball a whole lot more and uh, actually has over 100 carries already on the season. It's Jay McDonald. 
another Californian running back. He has 127 carries, 202 yards. That's an average of 1.6, but uh, two touchdowns to go with it. Their other running back is Raheem Skinner, uh, excuse me, Skinner, 32 carries, 191 yards and a touchdown. And then Duncan, he's not a runner. He's a passer. Uh, not a whole lot, not a whole lot going for him in the run game this season. Wide receivers, they've got three, excuse me, four wide receivers that have double digit catches. They've got five wide receivers of over 100 yards on the season, but their leading wide receiver is Tariq Bitson. He's out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, 6'3", 205, so really good size. He's got 18 catches, 362 yards, and three touchdowns on the season. So this Tarleton defense is one that can definitely put up some points and put up some yards and a team that you do have to be aware of. But EKU should be favorited in this game, and EKU should win this game. The question when it comes to EKU this week is consistency, especially on the offense. The offense has failed to be consistent so far this season. There have been flashes of greatness. We saw the run game get better this week. Dejun Hewitt had a good week running the football. Um, as a matter of fact, 22 carries, 115 yards, and a touchdown. Um, <clears throat> Parker McKinney has been solid. He's been really good so far this season, not turning the football over. He's got four touchdowns. He does have three interceptions. But overall, those interceptions, in my opinion, have not been bad throws. So uh, he's he's a 64% completions on the season as well. And we watched, as if you remember early in the season or before the season started, Coach Wells said, we want to go deep four or five times a game. And they are being pretty consistent with that. A lot of it's more of the shorter stuff, and they try to get the run game going and have had some success as as the season goes on. But at the end of the day, this offense, Two weeks ago against Indiana State, five of their nine series ended in three and outs. That's not good. In this week's game, in the second half, they had four three and outs. Three of those came on their last three possessions. In the first half, they had two three and outs. They got better. Like I said, they were they got the ball rolling. They got things moving and things like that. So this week and going forward, they've got to get consistency on the offense. The run game has to get going so it can complement the pass game. And uh, and I think that what we've seen is a little bit of creativity coming from this offensive staff trying to help get things going. Cord Sandberg played a lot of wide receiver and running back in the first half of this game against Austin P. But like I said, not much at all in the second half. I don't know if he played any snaps in the second half, but he was out there. They were mixing things up a little bit. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world! Ah, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. O'Reilly Auto Parts specializes in keeping your car on the road. 
Not sure how much life is left in your battery? Our professional parts people will test it for free. If it does need to be replaced, we'll help you find just the right one to fit your car. Our Superstar batteries are built to handle even the toughest conditions. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. They have not had... Uh, you know, for a while now, they've not had a receiver kind of take over a game. Matt Wilcox he only had two catches, but they were for 46 yards, so that's pretty solid. Dakota Allen had three catches for 40 yards. Jaden Smith, two for 14. Reese Atkins, two for two, the backup tight end. But at the end of the day, this offense has to find a groove. they got to get things rolling. This defense is great. They've, they've been really good. They're getting pressure on the quarterback. And uh, and Davion Ross, Joe Sales are kind of leading the way in the defensive backfield. This linebacker core, absolutely incredible. And uh, the defense is, is making waves here for EKU. So we're going to go ahead and give you a prediction for this week against Tarleton. Uh, this is a hard team to kind of know a whole lot about because there's not a great deal of detail about them. Uh, but nonetheless, we're going to do our best to give you an accurate assumption of what the game will look like when it's all said and done so we're going to give you a prediction of an eku victory two in a row is the plan this week and we'll call this one let's go with 32 to 23 that's a weird weird score but that's what we're going to go with 32 23 there we say eku wins before we get to our break we are going to first of all hear from nathan mccreary co-host of the aq7 podcast Voice of the Kennesaw State Owls Athletics, by the way. But we wanted to talk to him about the conference and about EKU and Tarleton and some other things regarding the AQ7 and the future of the A-Sun Conference. So let's go and hear from Nathan McCreary. We are joined now by Nathan McCreary, co-host of the AQ7 football podcast and voice of the Kennesaw State Athletics. Uh, Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, man, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been exciting. So we, uh, of course, EKU is new uh, to the A-Sun, and you guys have done a great job with covering the AQ7 football season thus far on your podcast and wanted to bring you on um, and uh, just get some different thoughts from you. So let's start off with uh, an outsider's perspective on EKU football so far this year. Um, what have you seen? What What's your, your thoughts, I guess, on the, the Colonels? Well, I'll tell you this, is that I really like Walt Wells. Got a chance to speak to him in the offseason. Uh, the guy is driven. He's got that passion that you want out of a football coach. Uh, looks like he's connecting a lot with the community, which I think is great. Um, but you got to get results on the field. And that's always, uh, that's always uh, when, you, when you get to know coaches and you really like them, but there's no result on the field. I think Jacksonville State's going through that right now, by the way. Um, you know, it, it does hurt, and uh, you didn't get the results you wanted um, in the loss to Indiana State, but a big comeback in, with Austin P. The pieces are in place. I like a lot of the pieces. Um, you just got to perform on the field, and I think this is a young team that that's going to put it together. So just from the outside looking in, I'm saying EKU is on an upswing, um, unlike some of the teams and the AQ seven that I thought were going to be competitive. I mean, you're looking at central Arkansas sitting at one and three right now. And that's a, that's a big surprise. So I think you'll take sitting at two and two in the conference. You're just one win away from, you know, being that upper echelon. Of course, Sam Houston's going to be at the top, but uh, I, you know, I like what, I like what Eastern Kentucky's doing. 
and I love their fan base, by the way, passionate, hardcore. And I've uh, been to, got a chance to go to Richmond, Kentucky with Kennesaw state one time and, and call a basketball game there. And I just, I loved it. I think it's a great community and really, really enjoy being around the Eastern Kentucky Colonels community. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Wills, and he really has done a great job with and, – and he, since he was on staff with Roy Kidd, that helps a little bit because he knows the history of the program. and But he's bought into it. You can tell without a doubt he's bought into it. And to me, uh, as someone who has interviewed Walt Wills, I love that he's willing to have a conversation. It's not all coach speak. It's not all just, you know, he's actually talking through the stuff they're going through. And that Indiana State game, man, it just stung so bad. It lost at the last second. Really a special teams blunder put him in that that position. And special teams has hurt them multiple times this season. Um, But uh, you're right. They came around. They turned around against Austin P. Played a great game against Austin P. It was still closer than it should have been at the end but uh, with the way the game was going. But – they got the win, and that's what matters the most. Talk to me, because you've talked to a lot of the coaches here yeah. in the conference. Um, what is it that Wells stands out outside of just personality and stuff like that? Is there is there anything that kind of he stands out at when you're looking at the other coaches? Gosh, you know he's genuine, and like like you said, he doesn't. It's not a lot of coach speak. It's it's uh, it's easy to listen to him talk about football and what they need to do on the field. He's not afraid to call. Um, now he's not going to call out a player, but he's not afraid to say we didn't perform here and, uh, we're going to get better on that. Now, a lot of the coaches we've talked to, and by the way, I think the AQ seven is full of really good coaches, even Lamar, which is really disappointing loss to Abilene Christian this past week, Blaine Morgan, I think is a, a valuable asset there. And I don't want to see him lose his job, but you can't lose whatever 56 to nothing to, uh, Abilene Christian. So, um, I think there's a lot of good, good things about Walt Wells. I think it's just genuineness, his knowledge of football. He's, he's from that area. Of course, played at Austin P I think's where he played. So he got a chance to beat his alma mater and that was a big win. And then you saw the videos afterwards and he came in and talked about, this was a big win and it's bigger than football. And it was because of a, a I don't know if it was a donor or somebody they were playing for who had recently passed away that, uh, just reminded everybody, this is a game. But it was bigger than than what the score said. It was about honoring that player, honoring that donor, honoring those those people who support their their football program and support them, frankly. So, yeah, definitely. I think it's been impressive to watch how really the whole program, uh, EKU, they do a great job. Um, you know, I. I've been fortunate enough this year to be working with them and being in the press box and just dealing with people within the the university. Top notch all the way around. Super impressed by everything that they've done so far. Uh, EKU was projected by the so-called professionals to finish fifth uh, this year in the conference. We're a few games into the season. We're getting ready to get into the heart of the conference schedule. But uh, do you think that's still kind of the place where they're going to be looking to end up? Or do you think there's potential for them to go higher than that? No, I think there's potential for them to go higher. I think there's big questions surrounding um, Stephen F. Austin's program. They they haven't really played anybody yet. Um, Jacksonville State is a roller coaster, and I think anybody that watches that program, I got a chance to be in the press conference with um, Coach Gross today, and there's just a lot of questions surrounding that program right now. People calling for Coach Gross's head after you know three games ago, whatever he's he's everyone's lifting him up as the greatest thing ever. You got to remember this: that Jacksonville State team played a fall schedule and then a spring schedule, went ten and three and into the playoffs. 
Um, what can you do for me lately is, is really the tagline for what's going on at Jacksonville State. So I, I do think Eastern Kentucky can be up there with the, uh, I guess it's, I wouldn't say Sam Houston's, but I certainly would say Central Arkansas's, um, people that expected, you know, the, the top tier to be Sam Houston, Central Arkansas, and Jacksonville State. Well, now you're looking, Eastern Kentucky's already above those two. Um, well, Jacksonville State's two and two, but they're just a mess right now. And their defense looked terrible. Their offensive line looked terrible. Um, Eastern Kentucky did some great thing. Their, their defensive line is young, and I like what they're doing. Their offensive line is good. They've allowed, what, seven sacks already on the season, which is a little more. I'm, let's see, I'm trying to find my notes here. But, uh, yeah, seven sacks on the season, which is a little bit much. But, uh, again, it's a young, I'm a big believer in the games won in the trenches, and I really like the players that, that Eastern Kentucky brings to both sides of the line, defensive and offensive. So I certainly think that they could they could uh, they jump up and be a two three. I think Sam Houston's just too strong right now, and if Eastern Kentucky wants to get an at large bid, at large bid, they're going to have to beat either Sam Houston and Central Arkansas and Jacksonville State, or they got to beat somebody. Um, and Austin P is just not going to cut it. They got to they got to finish the season strong and and win against those top three teams. And they're tough. Even Jacksonville State, which is a mess, they're, they're tough. So we'll have to see. Yeah, you know, I try to. I'm asking you because I'm a, I have a biased opinion on on it. Obviously, uh, I've been so impressed with the defense of EKU. Um, they they gave up more than they should have against Austin P. They were you could tell they were respectful of what Austin P could do offensively, uh, but ultimately came up big, had some big sacks, interception, pick six, uh, two weeks in a row. Uh, and so there's a lot of good things happening. The offense has been so inconsistent so far, mm-hmm. but when they're rolling, my goodness, they just they look great. And uh, it's just a matter of getting it throughout an entire game has been an issue uh, thus far. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about uh, the conference. Austin P gets brought in uh, next year. And uh, you've talked with Ted Gombard, actually, in one of your more recent podcast episodes. He was on with you guys again. And uh, I'm really impressed with Commissioner Gumbard. I, I don't know if it's because I've not known him for a long time. He's catching some heat on Twitter uh, from some of the other universities. But it seems like I, I talked with the Austin P folks, uh, people in the organization this past week, and they were, like me, really impressed with him and the vision that he has and what's going ahead from there. So in general, where the A-Sun is headed um, and under Commissioner Gumbart, what do you think about what this conference can be? Because he said on your podcast, he said other places too, but he said on your podcast, you know, we want to be the best. And uh, and that's what we're working towards. And they got a little ways to go to get there. But um, what are your thoughts on on Gumbart and the A-Sun as a whole, where they're headed? Well, being around Kennesaw State's program, uh, the athletic program. I've got a chance to know um, Commissioner Gumbart. He is a, a down-to-earth, but a very involved uh, commissioner. Um, he's at the games. He comes down and sits with the broadcasters. He wants to make sure um, that you're presenting a very professional uh, uh, broadcast. Matter of fact, I got a chance to do the uh, women's lacrosse and women's volleyball and women's basketball and the ASUN championships this past spring. And uh, and he was there. And so they are they're building something really special where three years ago, you're looking at the A-Sun going, this is a this is conference that's falling apart. They're losing. They lost Mercer. They, they've lost, you know, Kennesaw State 
the question was, are they going to stay in the A-Sun or are they going to just move full on to the Big South, kind of like um, USC Upstate did, who doesn't have football. Um, so, I, I, you know, I, the only thing they could do was add football and start making noise that way. And I was really happy that they did because I think the region need, needed a conference besides the Southern Conference that, that to be competitive. Um, Kennesaw State obviously won two Big South championships. North Alabama, a, a program making the the transition to Division Two, also playing in the Big South. I got a chance to see their program up close and personal. They're going to be very good and very competitive. Of course, Kennesaw State, <clears throat> excuse me, and Jacksonville State have had two rivalry games. Kennesaw State's two and zero against them. Both those games, uh, playoff implications. One was in the playoffs in the second round. The other was at the final game of the season in 2018. So, you know, I just think it made sense for for them. And then to draw in Eastern Kentucky and draw in uh, Central Arkansas, something was going on with the Southland Conference. Something was going on with the OVC that I don't know about. Um, a competition level was, was, I think, the main point that I've heard from both those conferences. And so you had an opportunity to bring in these te- these programs and go, look, if we can get this group here, you're gonna you're gonna have a very very competitive football program immediately. Jacksonville State, OVC champion. Kennesaw State, Big South champion. Central Arkansas, top 10 or top 15 at least in in the country. EKU, the first legacy-type football program um, in FCS history. So I I think – and then North Alabama, obviously, national champions at the Division II level. That was pretty impressive right away. And and I give Coach uh, Commissioner Gumbart all the credit in the world because I think it's his personality and his vision his business background that allowed a lot of these things to, to come to fruition. It takes a lot of people. Uh, of course, the ASUN um, based moved from Macon to Atlanta and it takes a lot of people. So I've got to know some of those people that, that are working on it. And they're just a good, you know, they just, they're just a good group of people. And uh, Co- uh, commissioner Gumbart is the leader of them. And I tell you what, you've seen his interviews. He's dynamic. He says his mind. He 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 is. I wouldn't say controversial because he's so nice. Um, matter of fact, we the very first interview we got a chance to do with him on the AQ Seven podcast, he'd actually forgotten about it, and I was texting his you know his handler, hey, where is he at? We're waiting for this podcast to record, and he jumps on. He's covered in grass. He'd been out mowing his lawn, trimming the hedges and stuff. Very apologetic, but. Once he started talking, you could tell, man, he's so passionate about what's going on. And Austin P hadn't joined yet, but the the rumored mill had been out there enough that we thought there was where there's smoke, there's fire. And uh, we thought, you know, if you get Austin P, if you could draw a Chattanooga, maybe a Furman or Wofford or somebody like that, you'd you'd really be a much bigger. They're, they're going. Sky's the limit for them. I think they can. I think they have a connection with Mercer. I think Mercer's an up and coming football program. I would be surprised if they wanted to join the A Sun. Um, so, I, so I think he's done a great job. The A Sun, of course, this conglomerate with the A Sun and the the WAC right now, it drew so much attention because Sam Houston's a national champion in Central Arkansas coming out of the Southland. That I think was tremendously beneficial because on social media you saw immediately. Oh, wait a second, now what is this AQ seven? Who are these teams in this A Sun Whack Challenge? And and you know Jacksonville State went deep into the playoffs. So yeah, I think there's a lot of good stuff happening with the A Sun itself. I'm excited about um, Austin P joining the conference. I'm excited 
that Eastern Kentucky and is doing so well. Um, you know, and, and Kennesaw State and Jacksonville play this weekend, so I'll be there calling that for the for the KSU Owl Network. And uh, yeah, there's just good things happening right now. That will settle down, and we'll and you know, like Commissioner Gumbar says, he's not a status quo kind of guy. He's gonna keep pushing and keep pushing. And the question I asked him during the interview was, how do you do this? Do you contact presidents? Do you contact commissioners? Are you ticking people off? Are you building relationships? And I'm, I'm, I've done a lot of stuff with the Big South Commissioner, um, Kyle Kalander. He's got a great relationship with with Ted Gumbart, and he just took two massive teams out of his conference. So it seems like he's doing it the right way, whatever that may be. Sure. Yeah, it was a great interview. You've had him on, I think, twice on the AQ7 podcast. Uh, we had him on once back when the EKU announced that they were going in, into the A-Sun as well. But uh, I listened today to the episode, the most recent episode with Ted Gumbert, and a great interview. So make sure everybody goes out. And, and if you're not already listening to the AQ7 podcast, make sure you do. Uh, this weekend, it is EKU hosting Tarleton. Um, I don't know much about Tarleton. What can you tell me about, about them and about this game this weekend? Well, it's a division two program making the jump to division one. And they, I, I think they may have had a national championship under there. I'd have to go back and check, but I know that they've, they, they're a very, very competitive program that has not shied away from, from competition. They, they played Stephen F. Austin very close in week one. That was a 20 to 10 game, which, Man, I heard from social media, ESPN couldn't get their crap together, and and no one got to watch it. So mm-hmm. you think about how excited you are, whether you're a Tarleton or Stephen F. Austin fan, a Lumberjack fan, and all of a sudden you can't watch your team because the ESPN Plus folks there at uh, at uh, Stephen F. Austin couldn't get their stuff together, which is a shame. And I know they put a lot of hard work into it. So it could have been internet being down. It could have been a, a cable. Who knows? But uh, we've all been there that's worked in broadcasting. But um, that was a 20-10 to 10 game. I've not got a chance to watch it because it wasn't archived or anything. Uh, then they played Fort Lewis in a uh, NAIA team, um, New Mexico Highlands. Blew them out. Not a big problem there. Southern Utah is going to be a whack school. That was in week three. That was a close game, 40-35. to 35. I think they're going to be like a North Alabama-type uh, program that's going to come in in the first two years and shock some people or scare some people. But I, I think that EKU – if they play like they did against Austin P, they should have no problem with Tarleton State. You can't allow them to run the football. That's number one. And I think EKU's had a little, given up about 150 yards per game on the ground and uh, 265 or 67 uh, through the air. EKU's got to convert on third down. That that's just a that's just a must. Right now they're at 35 percent, um, 18 for 52. They were eight for 22 in the win against Austin P. Um, but if their defense keeps playing like they they do and and forcing turnovers and scoring, man, I, I I just think the sky's the limit for EKU. And of course, the next game up is Tarleton, the Texans, and uh, you don't know a whole lot about them because they're that transition team, and so they'll have players that were on that D two program that probably shouldn't be on a D one roster. You got to take advantage of that. So, but it's a Texas school, and you know Texas, there's good football. So you, you can't you can't you know. Look, look ahead to what, uh, and I don't have the, the schedule in front of me. What's, what's your next game? Abilene is. Christian. Yeah, you can't look ahead to Abilene Christian um, because, yeah, they'll beat you if you're not careful. 
Interesting. All right. Uh, good to know. Looking forward to the game this weekend. Kickoff at 3 o'clock at Roy Kids Stadium. Uh, this has been Nathan McCreary. He's the co-host of the AQ7 podcast, which you can find anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, he's also the voice of Kennesaw State Athletics there as well. You can find him on Twitter at McCreary Radio. Uh, anywhere else people can follow you at? You know, I try and stick to Twitter for the most part, and uh, and and uh, I do have an Instagram. I don't have any idea what my <laughs> what my Instagram name <laughs> is, but uh, my co-host Brandon Joseph, I got to give him a shout out. I ride that guy's coattails. He's a fantastic broadcaster and loves sports, and uh, I, I'm I'm just so blessed to 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 have connected with him at Kennesaw State and him him wanting to go on this AQ7 football venture with me. And of course, we plan on doing the A-Sun around the, not around the A-Sun, that's actually another podcast done by Brandon Owens, and they do a great job. But the A-Sun football podcast um, in 2022. So yeah, we're going to keep it going. We, we really enjoy, uh, you know, talking to the coaching staffs and uh, we have a, we record this week and we'll talk to Coach Colby Carthel about them playing Sam Houston in the, the Battle of Piney Woods. Um, this Saturday and uh, yeah so we're, we're just having a fun time and, and it's a great conference and I'll tell you we just love Eastern Kentucky's fans out of everybody that that has reached out to us and say they've enjoyed the podcast Eastern Kentucky fans have not only been the most vocal about liking the, the podcast they've also been the most vocal about their football team and trying to keep us honest about you know and, and our thoughts about the colonel. So uh, it's, it is great. And uh, man, I, I, we do appreciate everybody tuning in, checking us out at the AQ seven football podcast. Yeah. On an Apple and the, uh, I, anywhere you can find the, the podcast. So, and, and I just really appreciate you having me on and uh, you know, I really look forward to seeing what EKU does as the season rolls on. Great. All right, everybody, make sure you give Nathan a follow. We will tag him uh, on the, our Twitter posts as well, so you can find it there if you can't remember uh, or know how to spell McCreary Radio. It'll be there for you on Twitter uh, there. Nathan, so thank you so much for being on with us. We do appreciate the podcast and My pleasure. Uh, the coverage so of the, of the uh, whole conference and everything and looking forward to what's ahead. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Sure, appreciate Nathan coming and being on with us and uh, some insightful things from him there. Make sure you go and visit their podcast, the AQ7 Football Podcast. Uh, it does have a lot of good stuff. Actually, they had an EKU father on uh, two weeks ago, I think it was now. And uh, so they, they've been pretty tied in with the EKU community along the way. When we come back, we're going to preview Kentucky versus Florida. An interesting game indeed. We'll be right back. Built for the man on the go, the Compass by Law Terrain is primed to take on life's moments. From casually keeping time around the boardroom table to backing you up in tough terrain, style and function go hand in hand with this wristwatch that offers dependability under any circumstance. The sporty nature of a chronograph pairs well with a variety of leather and nylon straps and bands to complete any look. Reliable, versatile, great looking, and easy to wear every day. All Law Terrain watches are backed with an international 24-month warranty to protect against any manufacturer issues. We stand behind our products because we know they are built to high expectations. Visit law-terrain.com and use code SPORTSSTOVE for 10% off. 
With over 20 years of experience, Matt Schaefer and the good folks at locally owned IPM Pest and Termite provides pest control service for all of Central Kentucky's pest control needs. Whether you have a current pest control problem or want to prevent infestation from ever entering your home, IPM Pest and Termite offers maintenance programs that will help keep pests out of your home and provide peace of mind. So for dependable, reliable services that you can count on, get in touch with our good friend Matt Schaefer at IPM Pest and Termite today at myipm.com. That's M-Y-I-P-M dot com. Welcome back to the Sports Stove Local Hour, presented by IPM Pest and Termite, Central Kentucky's neighborhood pest professionals. You can find all the information you need online at myipm.com. That's myipm.com. And make sure you let them know that you heard about them on the Sports Stove Local Hour. We're going to conclude our episode today with the Kentucky-Florida game. Kentucky fans, Big Blue Nation, uh, getting pretty excited about their 4-0 start, complaining about not being ranked, and talking about what they're going to do to Florida this week. And uh, I'm sorry that I laugh, but I'm not sure if Kentucky fans have watched any Florida games this year because they're a pretty solid team. Uh, they took offense to Dan Mullen saying he didn't know who Wando Robinson was and didn't even know what number he was and all that kind of stuff. Listen, folks, uh, that's not going to win you a football game. Kentucky 4-0, which is what matters the most, by the way, that you get the win at the end of the day. The last two weeks have not been confidence boosting by the Kentucky Wildcats, uh, beating Chattanooga 28-3 to and then beating South Carolina 16-10. to Now, that's a road game. That's a big win. It just wasn't pretty the way that you would hope that they would have been able to take care of South Carolina. Will Levis continuing to be fairly good for this team. He is uh, 65% completion percentage, seven touchdowns, five interceptions, 902 yards. Um, the turnovers are the issue with Will Levis. He's, he is what Kentucky's needed for quite some time now at quarterback. He provides a lot of good options. Uh, there, but he's going to have to trim down those turnovers, especially going into this three-game stretch with Florida, LSU, and Georgia. The run game continues to be incredible. Chris Rodriguez, 513 yards, three touchdowns, six yards per carry. Uh, wonderful job by him. Smoke is is kind of doing – he's gotten better over the last several games, but uh, he's touched the ball only 29 times, 142 yards and uh, he's got one touchdown as well. Receiving, it's all been about Wondell Robinson, and trust me, Dan Mullins knows who he is. 25 catches, 402 yards, two touchdowns. He's an incredible athlete and has done several wonderful things on the field for Kentucky. He's also carried the ball four times for 78 yards. Um, He is, again, an athlete that Kentucky needs to be successful. He is a Lynn Bowden type of game-changing athlete, and uh, he's doing a great job. Ali, uh, although he had some mistakes, 16 catches, 233 yards on the season, and one touchdown. They have not spread the ball out. No other receiver outside of Robinson and Ali, no other pass catcher, not just receiver, no other pass catcher has got more than five passes in these first four games of the season. You're going to have to find a way to get some other people involved, uh, I think at least, for the, the games to continue to be uh, wins for Kentucky moving forward. Nine sacks by the defense, a great job uh, there. The defense is obviously a massive strength on this team. Uh, when it comes to turnovers, they've got uh, only two interceptions and one fumble recovery. 
and uh, you know, turnovers, or excuse me, zero fumble recoveries. So turnovers are definitely an issue that the defense needs to force a little bit more of, but they've been good. Uh, you're not going to get me to say anything bad about this Kentucky defense. They've done a great job so far. But that being said, they are eight-point dogs this week against Florida. They are at home in Kroger Field, and uh, so that's, of course, a big deal. It's a night game, a 6 o'clock kickoff there, and it will be on ESPN, in case you were wondering. Florida, if you watch that Alabama game, you understand this Florida team is really, really good. They're not as good as Alabama, but they are a really, really good team. I thought Emory Jones, the quarterback, would be more effective than he's been this year. Uh, He has 668 yards. 67% completion percentage, four touchdowns, five interceptions. You just can't have that and be SEC champs. And uh, so that's a big opportunity. Kentucky's not been able to force turnovers. They got a quarterback who has turned the ball over five times. So that's an important thing. Emory Jones is leading the team in rushing with 57 carries, 376 yards, two touchdowns. The backup quarterback is actually second in the team in rushing when it comes to yards, 275 yards and two touchdowns. But uh, he obviously is is quite the athlete, by the way. I say backup quarterback, but Anthony Richardson, he's got some ability uh, there and, and had quite the season so far and is an integral part of this team and plays a, you know key roles here in the early goings of the season. Uh, when it comes to receiving, they got two receivers with double-digit receptions, but they've got another four or five guys that have eight or more catches. So they do get the ball spread around a little bit. They've got five uh, five guys who have caught touchdown passes. Uh, so that's that's important as well. They, by the way, have five guys who have also ran the ball in for touchdowns too. So they're an effective offense, and they're a pretty solid defense as well. This Florida team is a team that's no pushover, and if anybody in Kentucky thinks like, well, yeah, they said mean things or said that they didn't know who Wando Robinson was, so we're going to beat them. I don't think you quite understand how football works. Um, so it is good bulletin board material. It is an opportunity, uh, no doubt, for Kentucky players to get on board with, hey, we need to go beat these guys. They disrespected us, however it may be. Uh, go on from there. So we'll see how it all turns out. At the end of the day, Florida is just the better team. It is at Kentucky, which should be advantage Kentucky but it not is not always uh, so. Florida so far, outside of their game against uh, Alabama, they haven't played any great teams, obviously. FAU, they beat 35-14. South Florida, they beat 42-20. And then last week against Tennessee, 38-14. Although Tennessee was very close all the way through halftime, and then Florida dominated the second half. Uh, this is a game Kentucky has to win. If they want to be that next tier, if they want to be that step up as a program, these are the games you got to win. And uh, I just don't see it happening this year. Uh, they might cover the spread, eight-point spread. Kentucky might be able to keep this one close, especially since it's at home. But it's all going to come down to two things. Will Levis protecting the football, and well, and the rest of the team for that matter. Uh, hello, fumbles. Uh, but also it's going to come to the defense forcing turnovers against Florida. That, you know, a big special teams play, a big interception, um, those kinds of things can turn these games around. And Kentucky has the opportunity to beat Florida this week. I think the final score leans towards Florida. Uh, We'll say 28-25. Florida wins this game. Uh, I think Kentucky can keep it close, but it's going to take a a great effort on defense, and it's going to have to take a above average effort by the offense this time as well. So Kentucky's 4-0. EKU's coming off of a victory. 
all is well in the Commonwealth at the current moment, at least with the teams that anybody cares about. Uh, so uh, we'll be at the game Saturday, at the EKU game, excuse me, Saturday against Charlatan. If you can follow me on Twitter at Sports Stove, I do live updates throughout the game, keep you things uh, going there, and uh, and would love to meet people where they're passing out some cards and things, letting people know about the show. So if you happen to see us around passing out some cards and you've listened to the podcast, make sure you say hello um, as well. Homecoming this week, by the way, at EKU, so that's an exciting time. Also, thank you to our guest today, Matthew Jackson, linebacker at EKU, and Nathan McCreary, co-host of the AQ7 Football Podcast. Thank you to IPM Pest and Termite for sponsoring the show. Friends, if you have any bug issues, please, I'm telling you, locally owned and operated, uh, great people. They got about seven or eight guys, the uh, technicians that are out treating, and uh, they, they do a great job. They're on time. They're there when, they're, when they say they're going to be there. They get the job done. They guarantee their services. The prices are competitive. There's no better bug company in central Kentucky, maybe in the state of Kentucky, than IPM Pest and Termites. So, again, you can find more information about them at myipm.com. And if you if you end up getting a hold of them, please let them know that you heard about them here on the Sports Stove Local Hour. We'll be back next Wednesday. Feel free to tune in to other podcast episodes we do just covering general sports, professional sports, and things like that. Those are live on Tuesdays and Thursdays, although I think that's going to be transitioning to just Thursdays. But nonetheless, uh, it's available right here where you get your podcast as well. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's Sports Stove Local Hour. We'll see you Saturday. Go Colonels. Until next time, we'll see you around.